0: Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming today from somewhere along the Revival Trail. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. We have been in Acts 27, and we're going to get through a good section of this chapter today as we read through the narrative of the storm and the situation uh, on board the ship in the midst of the storm. And it's amazing. A lot of times in life, we will observe people as they go through tragedy, trial, and tribulation, and the half is not told us by what we can see. It cannot be compared with what they are sailing through. But in this passage, we get to board the ship through Luke's account, and we get to see what these men saw. And we can imagine what they must have felt. And sometimes we read Bible accounts cold, like it's some sort of a fictitious fairy tale. But these are not fabricated stories. These are factual happenings in the book of Acts. It is church history. And you imagine uh, Luke, and we have, I think, Aristarchus and Paul saved men on this boat, and then all these soldiers and prisoners and sailors, how scared the majority would have been. Now, Paul, of course, had peace in the midst of the storm because he had the Lord who visited him in the stormy season. In the midst of the darkness, the darkest hour of that storm, the Savior stepped in and spoke peace to Paul and said, Fear not, and isn't that a blessing that Christ does that for us? But I want to read today, beginning in verse 27, and really, it is just a rundown of some facts of some things that they did while in the storm, and we'll make some applications uh, as we go. But when the 14th night was come, now watch this. They're in this storm for two weeks now. Two weeks drenched by the rain, driven by the wind, rocked by the waves. That's a long season. Some storms come and they go in a hurry, and then some storms come and seem to stay. For the 14th night was come. As we were driven up and down in Adria, about midnight, the shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country and sounded and found it twenty fathoms. Now, all this is, of course, nautical language. And when they had gone a little further, they sounded again and found it fifteen fathoms. Then, fearing lest we should have fallen upon rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. So these men are in such a situa- situation, they've already deemed it hopeless, and now they are. Taking these anchors out of the boat, throwing them into the sea, and they're just praying in their own pagan way, wishing for the day. what they're doing is they're 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 searching for hope, and they're looking for relief. And, of course, they don't know that God is the one who can turn the situation around. They're just wishing, I I, I wish this would change. I wish this would take place. That's the lost world, by the way. They have to live on wishes. They have to live on on empty, fleeting hope. Not Bible hope, but a secular hope that never comes uh, to fruition. They live on might, could, maybe, I don't know. Um, They just have no assurance of the future. For the Christian, it's not like that. Our hope is not some whimsical wish. It is a confident expectation that what God said will come to pass in God's time. We know, if not today, tomorrow. If not tomorrow, the next day. But when God deems it so, it's going to take place. And we have a confident expectation that God will fulfill His promise. But I want you to notice this phrase, they took these anchors and cast them out. What do anchors do? Anchors stabilize. Anchors hold. Anchors preserve. Anchors keep the ship from being driven by the weather. I'm glad as a Christian, you and I have some anchors we can throw out in stormy seasons. I'm glad we have the anchor of prayer. Isn't that a blessing? Prayer is a powerful promise for the child of God. You and I have a direct line to God anytime. We don't have to go through a priest or a a place. We don't have to pay. We can just call out in the name of Christ, and I'm glad our petition is heard, and we can pray. I wonder today, what's our first resort? Usually it's not prayer. It ought to be. Our first line of defense, our first response ought to be to pray in troubled times. Prayer. I'm glad. It doesn't matter if you've been saved seconds, days, or decades. We can get a hold of God in prayer. We have that anchor. I don't know how many times I've been in life where it seemed like I couldn't talk to anybody, didn't want to talk to anybody, but I could pray. We didn't have an answer, couldn't find a way through, but we could pray. And God showed up, and God showed out, and God did what God does. He answered the prayer prayer. There's an anchor there, the anchor of Scripture. I'm glad we can have that Bible that stabilizes in life. Don't turn on the news. The news destabilizes. The talk shows, they destabilize. Uh, your friends and secular counsel, it will destabilize, but the Bible stabilizes. We can read in the Word of God and find a promise. We can read in the Word of God and find a direction. We can read in the Word of God and get our admonition, our correction, uh, all these different things that we need in our life. That's an anchor. I'm glad we have the anchor of the local church. Aren't you glad? I'm glad we have a place we can go to where the Bible's preached, where the songs are sung, where people gather together in the name of Christ, and God meets with his people there. Thank God for church. Maybe you've been there before, but you just didn't feel like going, but you drug yourself there. Uh, You didn't want to go. You thought but you made it there, and then God did something for you in that service that seemed to turn the situation around. We could testify of that, couldn't we, over and over and over again and say God's been faithful uh, in that fashion in my life and in yours as well. There's an anchor there, and I thank God for that. I thank God for the anchor of our blessed hope. That's an anchor, isn't it? Don't we know Jesus is coming soon. He promised us that. He said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. He promised us that, that our names are written in heaven. In the father's house there are many mansions he's building one with your name on it if you're saved the Bible tells us the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God, looking for that blessed uh, hope and the glorious appearing of that great God and our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. I'm glad he's coming, and he's coming soon. It could be today. It might be tomorrow, but that's an anchor for us. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. One of these days, the trump will ring out, the clouds will depart, and Jesus will descend. He'll call his children home, and we'll leave the devil all of our bills to pay, and that'll be a glorious day, won't it? There's an anchor there. So these men cast those anchors out of the ship and wish for the day. Verse 30. And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they had let down the boat into the sea under color as though they would have cast anchors out of the foreship, Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. Now think about it. Then the soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat and let her fall off. These men are thinking if we get in this little rowboat, we can save ourselves. But Paul said, God said to stay in the ship. God said not to abandon it. God said that you'll be preserved if you stay put. Don't get in the rowboat. Now, that's a good picture there. you got to stay in the church, stay in the will of God, stay with God's word, and don't get out. And he said, stay here in the ship. And they cut it off. Why? They cut the temptation off. That temptation would have hung there on the side of their boat had they not let go of that little lifeboat, they would have had it there the entire time thinking, Well, I don't know, let's get in it. If we just row hard, if we just wait till the weather calms a little bit, and they would have perished. So I like what these men did. They they cut the ropes off the boat and let her fall off. Now there's some things in your life that maybe you ought to cut and let fall off. You still got it tied to the hull of your boat. It's hanging there. It's a temptation. It's a weight, could be a sin. It's something, it's a, it's a plan B, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's another alternative, it's an option for you that would lead you out of the will of God. Well, I want to challenge you, cut it off cut it off. Get it out of your life. Get rid of it. Don't leave it hanging there. Uh, you can't deal with that. You can't keep temptation in, at arm's length. You'll be pulling it close to your, your heart before you know it. You've got to get rid of that. Cut it off. Uh, cut off the social media if you need to. Cut off uh, the, uh, the, the friendship if you need to. Cut off the television program if you need to. Cut off whatever it is. I don't know what it is in your life. Whatever it is, we're all different, but cut it off. Verse 33, And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat, saying, This day is the fourteenth day that you have tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. There's how we know Paul was a Baptist preacher. Paul's interested in having a church-wide fellowship on the boat. He said, Fellows, we haven't eaten something for two weeks. They've been so scared, nervous. Also, they've been toiling just to keep themselves above water, and so much so they haven't even taken the time to eat. So Paul, and I like that. It shows us all, all humor aside, that Paul has this shepherd's heart that he's worried about these men and their comfort and their well-being. And he said, I want you to get something to eat, fellas. He said, take something to eat. He said, you haven't eaten for two weeks. He said, you need to get you something to eat. He said, I, I'm worried about you. And I like that. Paul is concerned. He doesn't say, I'm hungry. He doesn't get food for himself. He wants to make sure that those men are taken care of. And that is my job and your job if you're in the ministry. We are to look for others first and look out for their needs and their well-being and to take care of them and to make sure that they are taking care of themselves. And I like how Paul sees this need. He perceives the need for these men to take something to eat. Wherefore, I pray you to take some meat, for this is for your health. For there shall not an hair fall from the head of any of you. And what an encourager the apostle Paul is. He said, "Fellows, everything's all right. God's in control And he said, let's sit down and rest a minute, get you something to eat. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We're going to finish out. Well, I don't want to say that. We might finish out this chapter, next study. So join us then. Until that time, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.